What's going on people? Welcome back to the Incompatibles episode 42. We're back. Apologies for the week we missed last week. You know, life is... Come on man, we don't want to do nothing. Life is lifing. But yeah. You can see that on the wall? Movements, man. Movements. More big, big, them, man. Big step ups. Come on, Guys, man. Guys, apologies. Like Bilal said, we didn't upload last week. Um, but yeah, you see why. New improvements, new sign, new microphones, new guest. Hi, guys. How you doing? Salam right. man. Do you want to introduce yourself? So, yeah, um, I'm Ali. Uh, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is a bit... Uh, Bit of a oh, first time for everything, first, man. First time. Don't worry, man. We'll be gentle with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first time. But um, yeah, so I'm Ali. I'm 23. And um, so what, what is it that you guys want to ask me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so introduce yourself. I'm Ali, 23. What do you do? Cool. So my background's basically e-commerce. So I've recently just started e-commerce. It was probably been about six months. In terms of the whole actual online scene, with the business model itself, it's been about four years. I started a brand not too long ago. Um, it was called Car Crate. Essentially, it was it was like a car modifications website, and um, I dabbled into drop shipping recently. At the time, it was just a brand, but now I've dabbled into drop shipping, which you guys have probably heard of it. Obviously, it's it's, it's done very well. It's like you probably hear TikTok videos all the time, Amazon FBA, and all this. But um, drop shipping's is quite new. It's quite new. Um, it's been around for a very long time, but in terms of the social media scene about dropshipping, it, it's very new. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of kids getting into it, so that's why I got into it as well. For the people who have no idea what dropshipping is, can you give like a like a brief like overview of like what it is? Exactly? Oh, of course, yeah. So essentially, you've got you've got your business. So it could either be a website, it could be a store. Um, mainly, it's just done online mainly it's just it's just a website you have a supplier which is based it could even be based within where you live so for example united kingdom or it could be based in china so the way it works is a customer would place the order through the website and there will be a supplier who receives that order on your behalf and he ships it on your behalf so you don't have to worry about the packaging you don't have to worry about the time wasting of doing all that stuff it just directly straight to supplier, directly straight to customer. So it just cuts out the middleman, mm. um, saves costs, saves time. And the, the main reason people do it and the main reason it's a good business model is that it cuts out the capital required that you need to buy in bulk. So most, most of the time you probably hear when someone wants to start a business, they'll be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to buy 100 water bottles. 100 water bottles and they'll try to sell them in that in that sense. But if you don't sell them, yeah. you've made an extreme loss. Yeah. And then you might not be able to approach a new business for a very, very long time. Yeah. So that's essentially what it is in one simple sentence. Yeah. Perfect, man. So guys, before we get right into this video... Make sure you like and subscribe. This is going to be a very, very informative video. We've got Ali here. He, he knows what he's doing. So, yeah. Ali, before we get into the dropshipping, nitty-gritty, how to operate it, all of that, I want to talk about you as an individual. So, you're 23 years old. What was your... Wow. What was your upbringing like? Well, my upbringing like? Yeah. Okay. Um, how did you get into dropshipping business, all of that? So... Talk to me from, from the get very go. young, yeah. Cool, okay. That's a very broad question. But, um, okay, I'll, I'll see how far I can go back. So, I've got a mum, 
two sisters who I grew up with, yeah. um, raised just by women. Yeah. And um, essentially, I went to an all-boys school as well so, uh, in, a, in a white area. And I used to be an eth- being ethnic in a white area. It's, just, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult <laughs> one. It's, it's, it's hard to say. It's very difficult to say because, um, you know, you've, you've sort of got a fake, fake a particular personality to try and fit in. You know, you sort mm. of dress sense and you say the, the way you speak and stuff. And, and um, you sort of got to be, you got to be about it. You know, you're, you're in an all boys school and whatnot. So obviously um, I tried to, you know, try and big myself up a bit. I tried getting into boxing. I was like, okay, do you know what? I need to have some sort of manhood about me. I've not got a father figure around. Yeah. Um, so I need to big myself up, become a man. Um, and obviously my mum my and my sisters, they weren't going to take me to no boxing classes. You know, yeah. you know, so, you know, women, they like to protect, they're very protective, especially over their sons. They're like, oh no, no, I don't want yeah, my kid getting hurt. So I started, decided to start attending boxing sessions. Yeah. I think it was year nine, year eight. Um, and it, and it actually, it actually, it's really funny the, the way it happens. Though, obviously, like I said, being ethnic in a, in a white school, white area, it comes with a lot of problems. You know, there's a lot of bullying, a lot of bullying that yeah. happens. So, especially with me in particular, I'm a, I'm a very tall individual. I've always been the, the tallest throughout um, primary school and high school. So when it came to high, when it came to high school, being an ethnic tall brown man, you know, it, it's sort of it's sort of intimidating. It's sort of like okay, he's yeah. different. Great cardio. Yeah, bit, yeah, I guess you could say, yeah, great Carly. I was, um, I think I was, I was six foot one as soon as I went into year seven and I've not grown since. I've not grown since. I've grown maybe one inch. I'm six foot two now. So um, it's Man, it's man said weird. only six foot two. You know, <laughs> scared, but I was having a hard time. About <laughs> I don't, don't want to be a part of this combo anymore, but I'm telling you. Why how tall are you? Let's not talk about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, for those watching, I'm six four. Go on. Anyway. Six four. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so obviously there was a lot of problems, so I needed to quickly try and. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, my bro- I'm sorry, my bro. Go right. on. It's all right. It's okay. Wow, six. That's a stretch, isn't it? Listen, bro. And and if as soon as I put the six there, it's a stretch. Allow right. me, man. Let me land. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Sorry. No worries. No worries. So, obviously, decided to get into boxing. A little bit double here and there, yeah. And um, just essentially, just basically for self defense, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as I got into boxing, that's when a lot, even more problems started. You know, a brown man doing boxing. Now, now I'm even more of I'm a I'm like a I'm like a punching bag at this point. It's like it's like oh, you think you can box? Oh, let me show you how to box. So it's like oh, shit! I've been to one session. Like it's all right. I know how to throw a jab, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So. Obviously, I, d- I didn't have many friends. I didn't have many friends. I was always very, um, I was always I- very introverted. I-, I loved Minecraft, man. I loved Minecraft. I used no, to go I home. I used to go home and play Minecraft all day long. And uh, what, what, what the game? CS Go, oh. CS Go, and uh, League of Legends, and you know all those PC games, mm. Call of Duty, everything. So um, I kind of just kept myself in in a little box. I think everyone um, did at that point. Yeah, because yeah. the gaming scene was this online gaming just kicked in yeah. for us especially yeah, when we was 12, 13 and onwards 100%. high school times online gaming was the new thing so everyone became an introvert so I get you but um, is there anything you want to ask him before uh, no I'll, I'll, I'm just interested to hear more sorry yeah so MMA before we get into the dropship how long have you done that for so so now in total it's been about 
Well, if you include Muay Thai, so obviously MMA is a, it's a yeah. mixed martial art. Yeah. So what some people don't know is that boxing is also a martial art. Yeah. And so is Muay Thai. Yeah. So on all of it doubles into one. So in terms of how long have I been doing mixed martial arts for, meaning all of it combined, yeah. probably since the age of about 15, probably since the age of about 14, 15 that's is when I started. Um, and uh, that's that's the main reason I, I did start. Yeah. It's from my boxing background. When I, when I got a little bit older, I was like, okay, now I can get into. I, I found boxing not as um, not as violent as yeah. I wanted to be. I've always loved violent sports. Uh, I played rugby as well, but when I was in high school. Yeah. So when I left high school is when I really started to try and focus. So I got into more. Uh, got into Muay Thai, um, and through Muay Thai is how I got into MMA. So in total. I'd say like seven years, eight years now. Yeah, play, man. Have you had any pro fights? No, no pro oh, fights. Like any fights? Any fight? No, I've had a couple of expedi- I've had a couple of expedi- Ugh, I can't even speak. Exhibitions, <laughs> yeah. exhibitions. Um, I guess you can call them fights, just with a lot less people. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. There are a lot. There are a lot less people there. So it's um, but it's still just as competitive. Yeah. Is that just- something you're planning on doing going forward, or? No, definitely. No, definitely. I, I'm looking. Unfortunately, with with MMA, it comes a lot of injuries. So yeah. at the moment, I've got um, I've got a torn rotator cuff. I've got an AC joint problem. I've got two broken fingers. I've got a messed up toe. So it's uh, it's not it's not violent, looking, man. Violent. It's, it's violent. It's but you sort of just end up living with the pain, and yeah. it's, it's, it sort of becomes like a. You, you know, have you ever seen those people walk around with the cauliflower? Cauliflower is, is yeah, no. See, they're, they're, don't mess with. Yeah, you don't. don't <laughs> you mess see with that them. guy? He walked the other way. Yeah, bro. you don't. You don't touch them people, yeah, man. But they tend to be the nicest people. Man. Yeah, they are. They do. Yeah, but they don't get on their Maybe because they boy. know they can hurt you, though. Yeah. That's why. So they they're, they're nice because you know they don't want you to be scared of them because they know they're scary. Maybe. Yeah, I guess so. Overcompensates. Right. I want to ask you a question. So right. Around your childhood years, we spoke about MMA. Right. When did you start business? When did I start yeah. business? All of this stuff. I was, I'd like to believe I was about 13, 14. Yeah. 13, 14, I started a, it was a, it was a shoe cleaning business. My first ever business was a shoe cleaning business. Yeah. And um, obviously at the time I, was, I used to watch YouTube videos on everything. It could mm-hmm. be like, I don't know how how to be more, how to talk to girls better. You know, like how, to, <laughs> how to how to talk to girls better. And then we've all been there. You know, it's all it's all it's all that type of stuff. So I used to watch videos on business, and, and the main thing that I always used to see is um, try and make something out of something to solve a problem. Yeah. Mm. So mine was a shoe cleaning business, but I decided, you know what? I'm not just going to be a general shoe cleaner. I'm going to clean luxury shoes. People who have Jordans and they go for like 600, 700 pounds. And obviously they don't like other people touching their shoes. So they just usually clean it themselves. So I was like, okay, if I can build a luxury shoe cleaning store around that, perhaps, you know, there's a market for it. And um, I did get a few customers, but it was nitty gritty work. It was a very, it was a very difficult difficult startup business for a 14 13 year old it was um you know, i had to explain to my mum why i had 20 pairs of shoes in the house at one point they're like who are these <laughs> shoes and like the whole house was just smell of shoes it was terrible so i had to stop that pretty quickly yeah um that was my first business so um, how did you think of that though like how did i time? think how did yeah. i think of it because a lot of people right want to start a business but when it comes to starting a business oh I hit a wall. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that's a very, that's actually, a, that's actually a very, very good question. So how, how can you be creative? I used to think the same thing. I used to actually think the same thing. It used to, I used to sit there and brainstorm like, how did people just know 
okay, I want to make this business. I love this. I love that. And uh, I thought to myself, do you know what? It comes down to passion. When I was watching these YouTube videos, it's like, do business in regards to something that you're passionate about. Yeah. My opinion on that has completely changed now, now that I'm older. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it matters about what you're passionate about. about it just matters about money. what makes money, yeah. end of the day. But back then, when you're a kid, it needs to be something that you're passionate about. Yeah. So that's how I thought of it. I was like, okay, I love shoes. I love, you know, certain types like Jordan 1s. I love, um, you know, the fact that there's a shoe, there's a shoe, shoe scene going on right now, you yeah. know, especially Sh- now. Much older ones today, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Lacking. Yeah, what, what are those? These are these are just my regular gym crepes, bro. I'll be real with you. These are these are just comfy. Nah, they're cool, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> they, they, do, they do the job, man. They do the job. I right, listen, bro. All right. Not everyone here wants to do a crepe check right now. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, go on. Yeah, so. In terms of in terms of that, just anything that I was passionate about at the time, so it was shoes. So I was like, okay, yeah. I'll do it because then I'm less likely to quit. Yeah, because that's what these these YouTube gurus did say. They're like, when you start something that you're passionate about, you're less likely to quit. So it's like, okay, but then I quit very soon, and then I realized, okay, it's not. It, it can't be something that you're passionate about. You can be passionate about a lot of things and then hate them because you've started doing a business around it. Yeah. Mm. You know, people love gaming, and if you try and you know, create your own game. You'll learn very, very quickly. Okay, this is not something I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's not the same. It's, the same. it's yeah, not the same as playing same. it. Um, same with football. Like, I know a couple of footballers that, oh, yeah. you know, they love playing football it, yeah. and they're very, very good. But as soon as you try and make them go to free training sessions a week, yeah. you know, do one-to-ones and they, they hate it. They're like, no, it feels like a job and I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. And that, that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. But- People don't understand that. And that's why we say like, yo, when you want to start your own business and, and all of that stuff, it's not about what you have a passion for. It's what gets you results. 100%. And you've got to leave the enjoyment factor out the out the window. 100%. Leave it there. Um, it's, it's something that Andrew Tate said, actually. He said, um, do you think that the guy that owns a tarmac company in Nigeria, I think it was Nigeria, who's, who's one of the richest men in yeah. Nigeria, he wakes up every day happy that he's got a tarmac company and he looks at roads and he gets off the roads and he's like, oh my God, yes, it's making me so much money. No, he, he, he doesn't, he couldn't give less. He couldn't give less. Like he just doesn't care about what he does. He cares that it makes money. money. Yeah. That's, all he, results, that's all he bothered about. Yeah. Like he didn't grow up thinking, okay, one day I'm going to put some rocks and spin it around and then spread it on some roads. There's no chance like, like he was a kid at one point, you know, he liked to throw a ball and kick a football. Like, no, this is, I mean, is it, there's not, there's nothing passionate about life anymore in terms yeah. of business. It's just what makes you money. Fair, fair enough, man. Is there anything you want to add to him? Um, no, not so far. Yeah. So is that the only business that you started at the time or did you like try and error different things? Um, oh, actually, sorry to cut you off. Um, one question I did want to ask is, how did you identify that gap in the market for you to start that company at that point? Cool. Instagram. Okay. Instagram. So um, back then, Instagram was, it was still big. We're talking, what, 10 years ago now. It was still big. Like, obviously, it was um, it was probably bigger for the millennials than it was for us. Yeah. But um, in school, it, it was just becoming big. So I was like, okay, let me just you know, go on Instagram and type in cleaning shoes, cleaning shoe brands, like whatever. Let's see how many people come on. I was looking at them, not many at all. If there was, there was like 20 followers, 10 followers. Yeah. So um, that's how I 
that's basically how I found the gap in the market. I was like, okay, no one else is doing it on Instagram. Obviously, at the time, I didn't know, okay, maybe you should go on Google and check it. Maybe you should go on Facebook yeah. and check yeah. it. But I didn't really care. I was like, okay, I know people who have shoes and I know that I can get that clientele very easily. So why don't I just go out of my way and ask them when I've started the business, maybe yeah. they'll be likely to help me and give me their shoes and then I can take pictures of them. And then when other people start seeing, okay, he's got this pair of shoes in, okay, he's done a good job on them. Let me give him my pair of shoes. Let's see how they, they do. And then we went from Gucci to Jordans to Louis Vuittons, like all, all sorts of yeah. shoes. But there was actually a funny story one time. So obviously I'm very new at business at one point. And um, there's one guy in my school, he gave me a pair of uh, his Gucci shoes and they were, they were like the flat ones. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know what yeah. you call them. They go for a lot of money. I think they're like 350 pounds or something. Obviously back then, like, as you're a kid, it's a lot yeah, of money. It's like 350 pounds. Someone's gave you their shoes. He's gave me like the box. He's gave me like the little dust bag. Yeah. And um, I must have, uh, <laughs> oh, God, I must have does. basically cleaned this guy's shoes and I've done a really good job and I'm like, really gassed about it. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I can't wait to give him my shoes, but this is going to really take off my business. Only to find out that the dust bag has gone missing. So I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh wait, I'm allowed to swear, is that? Uh, There's yeah. no F-bombs. Yeah. No F-bombs, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, so I've lost, oh, I, can't, I can't find the dust bag. I'm like, oh no, where's, it, where's, the, where's this dust bag gone? So I've gone, do you know what? It's okay. I've gone upstairs to my sister's room and I know she likes Gucci shoes and she's got heels and I've, <laughs> I've opened her box, her Gucci box, and I've took out her dust bag. And it looks pretty much identical to the dust bag that he gave yeah. me as well. And when I've drove to him and I've gave him these, I've gave him these shoes, I've told him, okay, I had to replace the dust bag with my sister. Cause I wanted to be honest, I didn't want to, I didn't yeah, want to lie yeah, to him. Yeah. And he's basically turned, I was like, no, like, I need my dust bag. And I was like, it's the, it's the same one. I was like, I was like really scared. I was like, no, no. I was like, it's, it's the same one. Like, and he was like, no, I need that one. And I was like, oh no. So then I went home to find out that my mom had put that dust bag in a suitcase because she was oh. going on holiday back home. And when I finally found it, I messaged him the next day. So it's already been 24 hours. So I've messaged him the next day and he was so angry. He was so angry. And when I, fight, when I, when I met him again and I gave him that dust bag, I just knew my business was done. I was like, finished. I was like, the word of mouth from this guy is gonna, gonna kill, me. Yeah. kill me. So I was like, do you know what? I'm too embarrassed to keep this going. So I was like, okay, do you know what? I'm not going to continue anymore. I was like, that's it. That's me finished. So I stopped it there because I was like, maybe I'm maybe I'm not ready for a brand type of business. Yeah. Maybe I need something that's a little bit easier at first because I'm going for something that is solely based off word of mouth. Yeah. Um, but that, that, was some, that, was, that was my first scariest situation in business is losing someone's 350 pound dust bags. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, but... Nah, yeah. but that's the thing, yo. Like, a lot of people aren't ready for that because people think, oh, I'm going to start a business, I'm going to make money. But a lot of business, you t it's customer service. It's customer well. service. It's all customer service. Every business needs some sort of customer service. There's no way about it. And when it comes to dealing with customers, you find that that's the annoying part of running a business. 100%. Because it's just like you're dealing with complaints, you're dealing with missing orders, you're dealing with this, you're dealing with that. And a lot of people just disregard that, think about, oh, I'm gonna make the money and forget the customer service, which yeah. is the main component of what 
brings in the money. And Pete. <laughs> you can't mess around with that, man. Not yeah, because you, you can't mess around with the people who actually like giving you your income for the business. Like at the end of the day, like you can't alienate those types of people because yeah. those are integral for you to actually like keep your business profitable at the end of the Definitely, day. Definitely, man. It's the main aspect of what runs the business and it's the people that are buying your stuff. Ties into that sentence that it's nice to be nice. Yeah. What that really means is it's nice to be nice because when you're being nice, that person will likely, there's a small chance that they'll be nice to you back. Mm. Yeah. So it's the same way it works in business, you know, yeah. to reduce the complaints. You, you're nice to that person. Maybe they'll show you some repeat business because yeah. they remember, okay, He's this person's well. nice. Yeah. I want to help him out or his business is nice. I'll help him out. But um, I didn't really think about that back then only because I was, I was so young. Um, I did think about it in my next business, actually, though, um, which was PTing. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was PTing, um, similar to what, what you used to do as well. Yeah. Um, but I was just PTing my friends um, because back then I was, I was a big gym advocate. I used to I used to watch someone called Greg O'Gallagher. Um, Rings he was, a bell. He was, uh, I, think his, I think his YouTube channel, Kino Body or something like that. And yeah, he was the one that promoted um, intermittent fasting Yeah. and how important intermittent fasting is. Um, to send, it's like a li- like a life hack in terms of cutting weight and losing fat loss. Yeah, and um, that business that was that was a lot better. That was a lot better because that is a sociable business. You yeah. have no matter what, you have to be nice. Yeah, you you can't be rude to your clients. You can't be like, <laughs> you can't be like drop down and give me ten because you spoke to me badly. Like it's not. Yeah, you know what I mean? really it's like, like, you know, it's like yeah, man. It's like. <laughs> like punish them for like not turning up to a yeah. session or something like that. You can't you can't really do that because they just won't come again. You're just not yeah, gonna get repeat exactly. business. Um that was probably the second business I started. I was I was fifteen. Yeah. I was fifteen. Um obviously I had no call I had no course or anything. It was more just like, Hi, do you want do you want a PT? Like I got gym. I got gym a lot. Yeah. I can help you out. <laughs> but yeah, that was um that was the second business. Um, relaying back to your question that you asked, what else did I did I proceed to? And uh, my third business, which was when I actually started into e-commerce, yeah. which sort of ties into the dropshipping, it was called Car Crate. So that was something that was a very, very big project of mine. Um, I had a whole website made for it. The, web, the website cost me over a thousand pounds. Now that I'm looking back at it, it was, it was a lot of money um, just it. for a website being yeah, made. But then I realized it was good money that I paid for it at the time. The reason is because that website was, it was coded. It yeah. was coded from scratch. Now, most people at the current day and age, they'll use Shopify, Shopify Wix, you know, yeah. GoDaddy. They'll use these platforms to make their own website. But I wanted something that was mine. Yeah. No one could tell me, okay, that's not a brand. Um, so I created something called Car Crate. And the first idea of Car Crate was a subscription box that you'd sign up to and every month you'd pay a fee of around 30 to 40 pounds and you'd receive a randomized box in relation to the car that you have. Yeah. Things that can go well with your car, for example, a designer fragrance, yeah. um, perhaps a wheel, a steering wheel cover, a phone holder, things like that, stickers. Um, but then I quickly shut down that idea because I was like, wait, why am I giving randomized items when there is literally no competition in the United Kingdom for car modifications. And I'm not going to say I was the first, but I'm going to say I was I was very really? close. I, I was very close. And the person who was first, he wasn't doing very well. I, I forgot the name of them now, 
I think it begins with oh diversion. That was my competitor. Yeah. And um, what I what I did essentially was I looked at their website and I was like, okay, what are their shipping times like? What are they selling on their website? I was like, if I can look at them and just make it ten times better, use better colors, keep it more of a brand. So what did I do? I created a YouTube channel, and those YouTube videos are still out there to this day. I would get randomers. I do a car review on their yeah. tricked out car. So for example, Honda Type Three, Honda Type EP Three. Um, we did a, what else did we do? We did a stage three Audi S3. If you if you know your cars, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And yeah. that these cars are pretty insane. They're like zero to sixty miles per hour in under three point five seconds, which if you wanted to buy a car that does that without having to trick it out, you're looking upwards of fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. And these Easy. guys have done it to their cars that yeah. are worth twenty three, twenty four. So it was a big thing having a YouTube channel based around that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I was very lucky to have a friend who was a videographer. He would record all of my footage and yeah. edit it as well. And I had, I had two videographers actually, one called Luke and one called Junaid, who I'm still friends with to this day. They're very, very, very good friends of mine. And the YouTube videos are still out there. So when I was creating this brand, customer service was obviously number one on my mind. But before I could even get onto that stage, yeah. I had to find out what products am I going to be selling onto this website. And back then is when I figured out what dropshipping is. I was like, okay, this was before COVID, right? This was before COVID. Now, this is where it gets really, really sad. COVID is when 90%, I would say, of the dropshippers that you see today that are showing off all of these cars, these holidays, this lifestyle, that's when they started. And why did they start then? The reason they started is because it's COVID. Everyone's stuck in their houses. Everyone's ordering online. So what is else is there to do? You can't go out. You can't play football. You can't yeah. do anything. If, so what did they do? They decided to work on a little project. They're like, oh, why don't we just make websites and try to sell things to people? Because it was going about on TikTok and YouTube back yeah. then. And everyone was glued to their phones. Yeah, because there was nothing else to do. 100%. Nothing to do. So when I when I remember car creators, there was a friend of mine that told me, it was my web developer that told me this. He said to me, he was called Adam, very nice guy. He turned around and he was like, Ali, why don't you just drop ship these products? And I was so adamant that I wanted a brand. I was like, no. I was like, no brand can sell a product that takes 10 to 12 days to come from China. I was like, there's no chance. I was like, no one's going to buy it, especially not these car heads. They love their cars. Yeah. They're not going to wait 10 to 12 days. How wrong I was. How wrong I was to know. That website never launched. The reason it never launched is because I was too stuck in the mud of the mindset of I need to order these products in bulk, mm-hmm. which is yeah. what I talked about with the water bottles <laughs> earlier on in the episode. Yeah. Now, because of that reason, the website never launched because we were looking about 10,000 pounds for all of these products because I wanted this to be the Amazon of car modifications because oh, you guys okay. probably know how big the car scene in Manchester yeah. is. The, yeah, the, definitely. If you look at this, there's so many illegal car meets, like thousands of cars, thousands of people. So I was like, I'm going to cater to these people. Yeah. So I printed off hoodies, very nice hoodies, and I still have them to this day. And um, I gave them to people to wear at car meets. And people were looking at the hoodies like, where can I get that hoodie from? And I was like, yes, my brand's getting recognition. And they were asking me, when's it going to launch? I'm like, oh, soon, don't worry, soon. Soon meant when I get the money. The money never came. 
the money never came. The money never came. Uh, you know, I had, a, I had a couple of potential investors yeah. and um, none of, the, unfortunately, none of them invested. Yeah. None of them invested. Um, and so what did I do? I decided, you know what, I need, I need a way to make money. So I need a way to make money. And this is obviously dropship ones popping off, but I thought it was all a scam. I don't know what it was. It's I guess it's the naivety of thinking when you see someone say, do you want to make money today? Well, you've yeah, got to do. Yeah. And that sort of puts you off. Like I bet you guys see these videos all the time. On the adverts and on all your that. Adverts. And you just always skip. And you're 100% always, you're like, yeah, skip. You're like, like, shut up. You're like, shut up. Like, <laughs> I know you don't make money from Forex, man. Like you're selling, you're making money off selling the course, but yeah. no. That person probably did make money from Forex, but now he's selling a course. Yeah. And obviously you just sort of shun it away because you're like, okay, no, too many people are doing it. But how can too many people do a business? Think about it. Dropshipping is just a business. How can too many people do it? It's it's not it's not something it's it's essentially just a website yeah. and selling a product. There's not there's millions of products in the world. Exactly. There's no way it can be so saturated that too many people are selling anything like you could market a mug you could market a water bottle if you market it correctly it's gonna sell so because i had no money and i was so adamant and stuck in the mud of wanting a brand and i needed to for some reason bulk buy these products i decided okay i need to make some money i was like what's popping off recently i was like okay crypto but i was into stocks when i was 16 years old 17 years old from college because i did a i did a business course in college um because I did business, I was surrounded by people that loved stocks, loved Tesla. My first ever purchase was Tesla. Yeah. Um, that was back when it was so cheap, like £600. I made a lot of money from it. Um, but obviously, I didn't keep that money. That money gets spent very quickly when you're a young you're a young teenager and you're in college and whatnot. So yeah. when it came to crypto, and that's where, where that's where I made my big bucks. That's when I made a name for myself. So I, I, I gained quite a lot of following on, uh, I don't know if you know the app, Clubhouse. Oh yeah, Clubhouse. Clubhouse, yeah. So back then it was invitation only. Yeah. And usually it'd be like celebs, only celebs and only like radio people. And you know, if you knew someone knew someone, then you'd get an invitation. Maybe if you were lucky and each person was only allowed to like invite three people yeah. or four people. I think I don't, I don't really know the statistics behind it, but so I was on Twitter a lot and I wanted to get invited onto it because I was like, what is this Clubhouse? I was like, I can make some friends on here. There's this guy that I used to uh, that, um, I used to follow on Twitter called Alex and he used to post a lot about stocks and crypto. And there was this stock back then called CCIV. So basically what I did was like, okay, I need to find like-minded people who can make money with me because I want their knowledge. And not only that, I like to think to my, like, not trying to be egotistical, but I like to think of myself as someone that likes to make other people money. And I don't know if that ties into my religion um, because obviously I'm Muslim, but I think it also ties into just just who I am. It makes me happy seeing other people. Exchange of value, innit? Yeah, exchange of value. And I'm a big talker. I like to talk about what I do. It makes me me feel good. So I just shun out all this information on people and I managed to make a team, a team of eight people. Um, And when I, when I, went onto this platform, they were all talking about this stock called CCIV, which I was already researching at the time. And uh, long story short, that stock was selling for about, I don't even know, like pennies, like $1, $2, And there was a big rumor that this stock was, was gonna merge, this company, it was gonna merge with a very, very big company that was being purchased by one of the sheikhs in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was automatically going to become a billion dollar business. Yeah. And it was a car business, a competitor of Tesla, but nobody knew what it was because in America, there's this thing where you can open up a company that's specifically made to increase capital 
yeah. when it merges into another company. Now, although the company wasn't around yet, right? It wasn't it wasn't fully like yeah. on the stock market where CCIV was, but nobody knew what it was going to be. So there was rumors, there was like pictures of, on Twitter of, oh, the Saudi prince has just gotten off of the airplane and he's meeting with the CEO of this company. Yeah. What is he doing meeting with the CEO? And there was all this speculation on Twitter. I was like, okay, do you know what? I'm going to purchase this stock. So I purchased it with all of my student loan. Wow. Okay. All of my student loan. It's a long day. Right. <laughs> all of it. So I had about 1,500 payments every three months. Now, I might get in a bit of trouble for this, to be honest. <laughs> so 1,500 I put into CCIV and I told everyone else and I was adamant for them to pour it. And I, and I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking like, okay, well, what if they lose their money? But I was so adamant. I was like, no, you're not going to lose. I promise you, the amount of research I've done on this, you're not going to lose. And all my friends bought it. Literally every single one of them, they, they followed what I said. Some of them only put in like 200, 300, but I was the heavy hitter, one of the heavy hitters. So I put in 1,500. And then I invited someone else to the group and they put in 5,000. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, I wish I had that right now because you're going to make so much money off of this. So when I put in that 1,500 and the merger finally happened, I ended up making like eight grand in a month period because that merger was due to happen in one month and it was due to make the stock price shoot into the sky and it did. It shot up all the way to like $30 and I was like, $30, $40. Yeah. I was like, that's like a like 15, 20X or something like that. But obviously I didn't catch it right at the top. I caught it as it was coming down a little bit. Yeah. So I only made about eight, nine grand and I was so happy. And um, this is when I, you know, started introducing my, this is my fourth business now, f third or fourth. I asked for a 10% of the profits made by the people who I introduced yeah. to this stock. And there's one guy in there, I'm not, and I'm not going to name him. I'm not going to name him because, uh, you know, we, we, we've started it now. Yeah. He basically, he basically put in that five grand. He ended up making 50K off of it. 50K. But the way he did it was a bit different. It's called contracts. Contract six is essentially, imagine borrowing money. Yeah. You put in that 5,000, but it's up for loss. Like you can go to zero. You will yeah. not own, if, it, if you get liquidated, meaning for example, you invest 5,000 into this microphone and you expect this microphone to go to 10,000. So someone gives you money. Someone says, okay, I'm going to make your 5,000 into 6,000. You, you can get liquidated from that because you owe money now so yeah. they can take it off of you mm -hmm. and how they're going to take it off of you by taking your assets away from you they will you will get liquidated you'll lose all of that money so that's what he put it up and I, and I told him i was like i was a bit i was a bit salty because he turned around and he said no i don't want to give you this money and i was like i was a bit annoyed i was like damn man like 10 percent of 50 yeah, i was like 10 percent of 50 money bro i was like, I was like thinking like, without me like you wouldn't have made this money i was like that's a bit cheeky you know and i was like do you know what i don't mind it's cool i've made my money my friends have made their money so it is what it is. But then there was some new, there's, there's something in stocks and crypto. It's called um, buy the hype, sell the news. Yeah. So buy the hype, meaning if people are talking about things, buy it. But as soon as the news comes out online, sell it before the news comes out. Because people think that when the news comes out, positive news, that's when you that's buy. When you buy. Nah, and that's when it nah, goes that's, tanking. That's when it's too late. That's when it's too late. So I told him this. I was like, I know you've made 50K. But remember, that buy the hype, sell the news. And 
he didn't take me seriously. He thought I was just trying to make him sell his stock early because he was expecting this to go to like 200, 300K. I was like, that's not going to happen. And obviously I had my research done. So I was like, you're going to lose. So he ended up losing that 50K because he got liquidated. Yeah. Even though obviously I, t- I told him, look, listen, buy the hype, sell the news. You need to you need to chill out. You need to not get greedy with your money. Because obviously that's, that's what happens in crypto and in stocks. Everyone gets greedy. Um, so we lost all that money and that was my first first real um, you know sort of revenge in business I was like I was like okay I was like you're not going to give me my 10% I was like okay cool well well now you lost 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 all your money including his initial investment but that, that's what happens when you gamble with doing things like contracts and yeah. mar- it's called margin trading and things of the sort um, and futures futures is another one that's that's mainly on crypto that people do futures yeah. Um, so I ended up actually making about £50,000 in that year of 2020 crypto bull run um, just from trading four coins, four or five coins. It was XRP, which is a very, very big one. Um, it was two or three meme, two meme coins yeah. and one called Ethereum Max. So... I built quite a name on Clubhouse promoting these coins and telling people, look, you need to buy these coins. I made a lot of people a lot of money. Um, hundreds of people followed my call out. So I gained an insane following, uh, specifically on Snapchat, where I told everyone to add me. And I used to post stories of, oh, buy this coin due to so-and-so reason. Yeah. And then people would pop up to me, oh, thank you so much for telling me about this coin. I've made £10,000 and made this much money. And um, they'd always offer me, they'd be like, um, do you want some of it? And I'd be like, no, no, it's fine. If you're going to give me some, donate to charity. Because at the time, I didn't need the money. But then towards the end of the year, I had these miners, these crypto miners that I was waiting for. And they're called HNT miners. You might see these big antennas everywhere you go. Big long sticks. And um, so basically, you, I bought the miners for £300 each. Yeah. And these miners at the time, if you had one, they were selling for four grand. So I was like, oh my God. And then the reason they were selling for four grand is because you can make four grand a month if you plug it in properly and you put the antenna up. So I was like, okay, do you know what? I'm going to buy one. And then I realized it takes three to six months to arrive. And I was like, wait, but what if the price isn't, what if the price isn't four grand anymore? I was like, you know what? This is a risk I'm willing to take. So I had this cash available at the time. This was before I made the total amount of 50K. I had around 15,000 just sat around. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to spend 9,000 of this just buying these miners. So I bought those. I bought, you know, a shit ton of miners. And I bought these miners and the rest of the money I put into, um, I put here and there. I put into a couple of the coins, yeah. but that's when crypto started falling really hard. Um, I think it was towards the end of 2020. I think it was towards, no, it was towards mid 2021. We're talking April, it started dying. Everyone's balances, just everyone lost money. Everyone lost a lot of money, yeah. which is what happens in every bull run. It lasts for around a year. If you're lucky, it lasts for around a year and a half. It's been a repeat cycle for four years, ever since um, Bitcoin was introduced yeah. by the anonymous creator. So um, when those miners finally arrived, they actually arrived early. I was expecting six months. They arrived in three months. 
so I decided to check online, okay, how much are they selling for now? They're selling for like 1,500. So I got rid of them all very, very quick. Made a lot of money again. Unfortunately, because that was like my first win, my first big win, I just spent it all. I, I ruined it. I just, I spent everything. Yeah. Not even thinking about, okay, I need some money left over to continue investing into other things. Because I made so much money, like I had around 20,000, 30,000 pound cash at the age of 20. And I was like, you know what? And I didn't need to pay any tax on it either because I was very smart about it. Because with crypto, the, whole, the only reason they've introduced these regulations on crypto is because they can control tax payments very easily. Yeah. Whereas back then, you can send it to one wallet who sends it to another wallet. This guy said it lives in Dubai. You send it to him. You pay him a little bit of money to put it in the bank account. You know, there's, there's loads of little tricks, loopholes. Yeah. But now it's a lot more difficult because they've banned most of those platforms. So I had that 30,000 pound, 20, 30,000 pound cash. And um, I, I spent it all. I spent it on a car. I had a nice car, an Audi A3 S line in the matte grey colour, 2019 plates, was only one year old, it was a very nice car, um, and I spent the rest of it on just, just just loads of things, you know, not not necessarily designer clothes, eating out every day, you know, so yeah, it goes, it goes, really, just lifestyle, yeah. just goes, it goes very, very quick, shoes, so <clears throat> then I went into a big slump, I, I went broke, I was broke, like, there is broke and then there's me <laughs> this was this was beyond broke this was i used to consider wait is it even worth buying the mineral water from the shop for one pound or 80p i was like no i need to save that money so my friend he had a delivery account so i was like okay do you know what let me let me see if he's gonna let me use it so i asked him and he let me use it so i was making money on delivery delivering these pizzas and these orders to people yeah. and now it's like you back know what? to reality back, standard, to, yeah. back to reality standard job and i and i it was, it was sad it was hard graft because i was working 12 hours a day to make 100 pounds a day which is more than what most people make sometimes working 12 hours a day because the minimum wage at the time and everything so i was making around 100 pounds a day so i set myself a goal i was like okay 12 hours a day for 300 days straight straight i was like okay just so I can get that 30k back. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to learn from a mistake this time. And once I get that 30k back from working hard, a normal man's graft, I'm going to keep that money. I'm going to invest it into what? Yeah. Car crate. I invest it back into car crate. And I'm going to make that blow up because now I've got the money. Um, I lasted about, it's unrealistic to be able to work 12 hours a day for 300 days nah, straight. Obviously, I took one or two days off here and there, but I stopped after around. I think it was 140 days. So I still got it almost halfway. Yeah. You know, made 14,000 pounds. So what did I do? I bought a watch. Not to not to wear, to, but a to, Rolex to, to sell. Yeah. And I bought it directly from dealer. And I had a friend who gave me it as a reference because to buy a Rolex, this is the secret thing about the watch game that people don't know about. To buy a Rolex, if you walk in saying, hi, I'd like a Rolex, they're going to laugh in your face, bro. Yeah. Secretly, in their head, they're laughing at you. The reason they're laughing at you They've got footballers who have been waiting two years for a particular Rolex and you think you can just go in because you've got the money and buy it? No. Why would they give it to you when they can expand their brand image and give it to this footballer or give it to this, you know, this influencer? They're not going to yeah, give it to you. it's all about you. image with them It's all well. about image. Yeah, I was, the, I was actually, it's funny you mentioned that as well. Literally the other day I was speaking to someone um, at my work, well, former workplace now. Um, he spent, I think it was, 
350 pounds just to be on the waiting list um for a watch that he, right. he he may not even know <clears throat> if he's going to get when that will it may be like 6 months time it may be 2 years time so that th- i think that whole concept for me is why i never really got into like being like a watch guy yeah. for me personally like even like I, I don't wear a watch like going out a- anywhere like the way some other people do because that that sort of thing just puts me off it to be honest with you 100% yeah especially with what's going on now you get you get put on knife point for a watch now it's yeah, just, you don't really want to be wearing it's a failed society we live in it's yeah. just not worth it, it? it's a failed society <laughs> not man. worth it man but yeah the watch game is really tricky um, I, I, I had a reference from a friend who had a lot of cash spent there yeah. and when you it, it's, it's called purchase history yeah. and when you have purchase history at a particular place then you can buy particular watches so this this person in particular, he had around, yeah, he, he had he had around a hundred thousand purchase history. Yeah. So through that, I went through him, and I said I wanted to buy a watch. Now I couldn't just say I want to buy a watch to sell. You can't tell them you want to sell yeah. it. Like they probably know, but you need to make it as if you're not you love Rolex and you need this watch yeah. because otherwise there's no point in giving it. Either. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Bugatti. Yeah. To buy a Bugatti, you, you, you don't see. You don't see like certain celebrities driving a Bugatti and why you're like, they have the money. Why doesn't everyone just buy a Bugatti? Like they're millionaires. It's exclusive. It's exclusive. Like yeah. they'll give it to Ronaldo. Yeah, because what? He's a gentleman. He's a well-spoken. He's an A-list celebrity. Yeah. Whereas try and give it to someone like Lil Baby. You think Lil Baby's going to buy a Bugatti? Hell, they'll, they'll laugh in his face about this guy. He talks too much. He talks about gang and crime. No, they're not going to give it him. It's the same way the Rolex yeah. works. Um, in, in that sense, sort of. But it's a bit more lenient. It's a bit more lenient. Most yeah. people buy their watches off resellers and they'll end up paying an extra, sometimes double the value of money. So I bought this first watch. After I got this first watch, I made a nice little 15%. It was, uh, I bought the watch, I think it was 8,500. It was Datejust 41, it was called, with a fluted bezel. For you watch guys that are out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. And uh, I bought that thing for 8,500. I sold it for 9,700. So it was like a bit more than 10%. It was, it was 1,200. And at the t- obviously at the time I was doing delivery. Um, but at this time I stopped because I had the money available there. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to particularly just research about watches, spend my time doing this. Yeah, and just try and buy and resell. That's it. So then, but obviously I waited a long time for that watch. I waited six months for that watch. So it's not sustainable. Yeah, yeah your money's tied up as well. Six then, months. Yeah. So that money's, no, funnily enough, they don't ask you for the money up front. You can pay it oh, up front. Okay. You can pay it up front if you'd like. They ask you for a deposit when your watch is about to arrive. Oh, okay. So you, when you hear that, oh, the deposits, you, I need your deposit, cha-ching, you know the watch is coming, you're going to make money. Just pray that the watch market stays inflated because yeah. if that watch comes and the watch market's gone down, you're going to lose money and that's not going to be nice. Mm. And it's very, very easy to get rid of watches. Like the biggest question I had was, how did you sell them? Like, how do you find a buyer for a watch? The same way you find a buyer for anything. Literally, There's social media, yeah. Instagram. Yeah. You go on Instagram and type in, just type in watches. watch buyers, <laughs> yeah, and, and you will find about thousands, thousands of pages. DM and be like, How much would you pay for my watch? And this is a secret, no one's going to tell you this. Like, yeah. not a lot of people like tell you like where to sell your watch because lo- so many people want to get into the watch game. They're like, Oh, if I buy it, I'm scared. I've got all this money in a watch. Where do I, where do I go? Yeah, eBay, like, no, scared to get scammed, and stuff. exactly. Yeah. Obviously, they pay you a lot less than what the watch is worth. Not, I wouldn't say a lot less, but it's, it's a, they make a hefty amount on it. 
um, sold that one, bought another one, um, sold that one, made another like two, three thousand. And then I said I wanted another sports watch, which is what well, I got a GMT Master 2. Yeah. And they basically turned around and they said, um, you can't buy this watch again. You can't buy a similar watch to this again. I was like, what? Why? He's like, you have to buy something in between. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, like maybe jewelry or you got to buy like another watch. Uh, that's okay. like not a sports watch, not like a sought after watch. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no. I'm like, oh that no. Just crumbles it crumbled my game. I'm like, crap, I can't, I can't make money no more because all these other watches he's offering me, they're not on the market for inflated values. I can't make a lot of profit off it. Back to square one, back to delivery we go. So I've made that money. Back to delivery we go. I rack up a bit of money and unfortunately delivery cuts the fees you know it's becoming yeah. a lot harder to make money now a lot mm. more difficult and that's what even the uber drivers and all yeah. that they're, they're complaining about it too yeah it's terrible this is it's, it's, it's the normal life of a working class man that not many people talk about it's when these things happen they sort of just shush like shh yeah. But when gold goes down by 10%, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> all over BB, BBC news media, oh no. Crisis. But, but yeah, so obviously after that, I was like, okay, I need to find something. And, and I went back to stage one of when I was 16 years old and I was, in, I was in a, I'll be honest, I don't believe in depression, but I was stressed. Yeah. I was stressed. I was like, okay, I went to uni. I dropped out of uni in my third and last year because I said, if I complete uni, that gives me an opportunity to possibly not pursue business. Yeah. And even though I've had multiple jobs, I've had about 10 jobs, you know, mostly in pizza shops and delivery driver jobs. But when I was going through this after the watch game stopped and my money, my bank account just kept going down and down and down. And I was so stressed. I was like, okay, I need I need to find something. I need to I need to do a business. I was like, there's there's no chance I can work for someone else. I just don't want to. Do, I just can't do it. Yeah, it's just, some people just don't have it in them. Yeah, because what what you've from what you've said, you've displayed characteristics and features of you know entrepreneurship. At your basically, age. basically, and it's like as the moment you're about to get the ball rolling, something happens and it hundred falls apart. Hundred percent. And yeah, I I understand what you're talking about there cool so money was running low yeah and i knew i needed to start a business because i wasn't going to work for anyone and it came to the point where i was like what business i was back in that 16 year old mindset trying to think of a passion i was like no i can't it can't be passion this time yeah. it can't be something i enjoy because i enjoyed watches yeah. i enjoyed crypto i enjoyed these things it's got to be something that can stay for a good year and a half i had nothing i had, I had nothing i was on rock bottom yeah but then it came to me being introduced from a friend to another friend who he was a dropshipper. And um, I t we, we began talking a little bit. At the, at the, at the, we were at a party at the time. We began talking. We were just talking initially about e-com itself. And I told him, oh, I had my own e-commerce e business and everything. And um, he basically told me that he's a dropshipper and how dropshipping works, essentially. But in, my, in the back of my head, I already knew. Yeah. But I wanted to hear it from someone that's established. And he, I mean, self-proclaimed millionaire from dropshipping. So I thought, okay, cool. Why, why not listen to this person? And I was like, okay, 
how much money would I need to get started? And he said it's around about a thousand pounds. I was like, looked at my bank account. I was like, shit, I got yeah. three, I got like 200, 300. <laughs> and that was my overdraft. Like that wasn't even 200, 300 I had. That was yeah. my bank offering at me like, here you go. <laughs> like, so I was like, okay, what do I do from this point? And I was like, you know what? Let's just, let's just go for it. So I went for it and I was like, each product at the time, it cost you around between 50 to 100 pounds to figure out if it was going to work or not. You have to build a site. It used to take me a long time to build a site. It used to take me a whole day. Yeah. On Shopify, I used to build a site. It used to take me a whole day. Like the one pound subscription thing. Yeah. The, it was one pound for three months yeah. you'd pay. And um, then after that, it's like 19 pounds. So it's, it's not too it's much. It's not but, the worst. But, but for me, it was make or break. Yeah. You, you need this I to work. I need this to work. So first month, first product. It was, what was it again? I'm trying to, oh, it was a bear. It was a chew toy for a dog. Yeah. I was like, people love their pets. Let's sell it. I marketed it as it being an unbreakable bear. It was very much breakable. I, I realized from the complaints, I had Karen's emailing me, shouting at me like, how dare you sell me this product? Yeah, it's horrible. I can't even return you, it to you. You got a strong dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I used to say. I was like, email them back. I was like, we do apologize, but we cannot accept this return because the product is damaged. <laughs> oh, that is absurd. Oh, my so it was a scam dog it wasn't an unbreakable bear it was a scam bear yeah. but um i didn't make money off it at all honestly it was no profit i made 187 pounds in sales and i probably spent 180 pounds on yeah. the ads itself uh, which i used to advertise on facebook but i had no idea what i was doing i had no idea how to market on facebook yeah. or anything this was my first ever store second store i tried again um this time it was a electrical hair comb and this hair comb was supposed to release a oud type fragrance into your hair for women. Yeah. Unfortunately, I still didn't know how to do the ads properly and I still didn't know how to make the ads properly. So that failed, nothing. Third product, it was a flex strap, like a little yoga stretching thing for, yeah. um, and I marketed it as it being a, good for your back pain, good for, you know, tight hamstrings and yeah. things like that. So it was good for old people. I was marketing to, towards old people. This time I knew, I knew how to make an ad. You yeah. find clips Did on some the reason. website. Yeah. You find clips off TikTok. You can download them. You can stitch them together. You can put them onto Facebook and see if it works. And you sort of just get a general feel about what people want to see. You can, you can actually go on Facebook and look at your competitors yeah. through something called the Facebook ad library. Yeah. And you'll see other people's ads and what they're selling. So you can look and you can be like, okay, this person's doing this. And this, I stole this ad from a competitor, essentially. I basically like said, okay, he's doing it like that. Let me try and find other videos yeah. and make it similar to his. I got one sale and then we got banned. We got banned from what Shopify. What was the reason for getting banned? The reason for getting banned was, it's just what, it's, it's, this is funny. There is no reason. Shopify just have a, reason of we own this platform yeah. we want some more information so until we get that more information until further notice you are banned what information was lacking do you think from your part the information that they specifically wanted me to give them was who are you show us a bank statement show us who your supplier is and show us your business documentation now i was a sole trader i didn't ha i didn't have a limited company and i wasn't a yeah. big shot or anything so i was like what do i do so i went back to my friend Back to my friend's friend and I asked him, I was like, um, so what, so what, um, 
do I need to do? I was like, what, what do I do? And he gave me some advice. He was like, okay, you need to send them an invoice. But I checked the, I checked my emails and in the emails it had a list of what they wanted from me. It was like, I need an invoice from a supplier. I need this and this. That reply took four weeks. Wow. Just wow. the reply via email. So I was banned from Shopify for four weeks. I was stressed because I really thought that this product was going to work because I had one sale one sale and I got so happy. I was like my first ever sale and I shipped the product out and then the next day is when I got banned. So what happened then is, well, after I asked him and I, and I finally ended up getting unbanned, I decided, okay, do you know what? That product seems cursed. Now I'm not going to run that product anymore. <laughs> it got me banned. It, that wasn't the reason I got banned. Um, but obviously um, it happens. Shopify, there's, there's a hidden truth about Shopify and I don't even want to say this. Um, hopefully they don't know my second name so they can't find my website. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but um, they, they're secretly, they secretly hate on low income creators. Yeah. They, they hate on them. They try to seize your money and they try to keep it for long periods of time. Yeah. And they try to put you into something called reserve funds. Oh, your website is high risk you might get a lot of refunds. You might get a lot of people calling the bank saying that the product's faulty. So we're going to take 25% of your money and put it in a hold for a four to six month period. And that money's gone for four to six months. I'm currently in hold right now. I've got I've got money in hold right now. I've got 1,600 pounds in hold. Wow. Um, and I'm, I've been waiting for it since August. Oh, we're in and when you're running a business, when you're running a business and a company decides to take 25% of your business, you're like, that what? messes up your cash flow, yeah. It messes up everything. Twenty five percent. It's like you've just sold it to Dragon's Den, but there is no dragon. It's just <laughs> it's money's yeah. gone into the den. So it's 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 scary. It's very scary. Um so then it comes on to my final and last testing. I had my overdraft still left because I obviously just broke even twice. Yeah. And the overdraft I had left was around three hundred to two hundred pounds. So I was like, okay. And everyone advised me, including my friend's friend, do not approach dropshipping with such a low amount of money. You can, but you might be left with zero afterwards. And if this money is important to you and you need it to eat, then you may you may die. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what do I do? I was like, do you know what? What have I got to lose, man? I was like, I'm already at rock bottom. I was already like contemplating like, what do I do with my life? I've got a, I've got a degree, but I can't. I, I got a degree, but I can't get a job. I can't, I can't get a job because I've got, this is, this is another, I've got a criminal record. I've got a criminal record. And I thought you dropped out of uni. I dropped out of uni after I got this criminal record. Okay. And the reason I couldn't get a job is because of the UK government. They don't let you get a job very easily if you have a criminal record. Now, my criminal record ties into something that I didn't actually do. It was a fall I took for a friend. I'm not going to get into too much of it. Something that he left in my car. And oh, okay. the next day, for some random reason, I ended up getting pulled over and they found this thing that I was unaware of in my boot. And unfortunately, I got a criminal record from that and I didn't have a job. That's why I couldn't get a real job. That's why I was working these delivery jobs and these pizza jobs and I couldn't use my degree at the time because you have to declare that you have a criminal record to, to all the legitimate businesses before you apply for the job. And that's what made my life so difficult. That's why I was so stressed. So I was like, okay, I've got nothing to lose. I've got a criminal record. I'm not going to get a job anyways. If I lose this 300, what's the worst going to happen? You know, I'll just stay at home and just do nothing. 
do delivery all my life. So this final one that I started, um, I'll actually tell you guys what the product was. It was a shoe. It was a shoe that I marketed as an orthopedic shoe. And it was not orthopedic in any sense. It was not orthopedic at all. It's kind of false advertisement, but false what, advertisement. Man. Now this is what dropshipping is. It is, I would say, sixty to seventy percent false advertisement. Well, the dark sides of it now. Exaggerated. Boy. It is exaggerated. It is. The products are usually faulty. Usually, in some sense, more a lot of people will receive really bad quality products, and the marketing is a big sham. They will sometimes use influencers to promote products that influencers have never even had. Um, now, obviously, when I started the store and I was marketing it as a, as a shoe product, I never knew it was going to do well. This was my last chance. This was my last chance. But this time I decided, you know what? I'm going to put even more effort into this. I watched a hell of a lot of YouTube videos. I was watching YouTube videos day and night. Like, I was spending like. 10, 11 hours a day just on YouTube, taking notes. I was like, and I did that for a good, I did that for a good week. So, you know, we got over a hundred hours of, you know, just knowledge through that. And from that, I managed to make a good site. And from that good site, the product itself, the reason the product came was, was, it was a random Google search. I was like, Google trends. And I was like, okay, what's trending at the moment? And I seen orthopedic shoes. I was like, what, what are orthopedic shoes? I didn't even know what they were. And I, and I found out, oh, they're just shoes that are meant for, for people that have a lot of foot pain. Yeah. They have foot pain. Or they have foot swelling, you know, or they yeah, just yeah, need comfortable yeah. shoes, whatever. But anything, it's, it's weird because it's a placebo effect. Everything, it's a placebo effect. Selling someone a shoe that is orthopedic is a placebo effect because they actually might be very comfortable shoes. Yeah. But they're not necessarily going to help you with your health problems. And I know that I advertise them to help you with your health problems. I just advertise them as being comfortable, orthopedic, and, you know, cheap. Yeah. That's it, essentially. So, just going back a touch, the the friend of a friend, uh, at this point, when I made this site, I asked him for his um, expertise. I was like, okay, what do you think? That, do you think the logo is nice? Do you think the website's nice, etc." Now, this friend of a friend told my close friend I don't think Ali gives good business advice I don't think he will ever be anything in life I think he's really bad at business and I don't think he'll be able to do it and second of all he's broke and when I heard that my friend told me this that this man that I've been asking for help who has been helping me a little bit said that about me I was really sad I was really sad and I think it's because it was the truth I was like Maybe I believed that somewhat because I failed so many times. Mm. Failed so many times, I, I ended up believing it. So I was like, you know what? I'm making this store not just for me. I'm making this store to, you know, shut everyone up. I was like, yo, I was like, yo, all you man in high school, that, you know, that's the same reason I started MMA. That's the reason, the st- reason I started MMA. Like, I know, like, I couldn't fight. Yeah. I couldn't fight. I wasn't athletic whatsoever. So I was like, okay, let me show you. Let me show you what I'm made of. Let me show you whose blood I'm running. I was like, cool. So the same way he said that about me, I was like, right, I'm going to show you. I'm going to yeah. show you where my brain is. And after I made that store, this was two months of me into dropshipping. Two months later, after that store was created, now it's been four months I started dropshipping, £68,000 in revenue. 
and I'll um, I'll show you a picture of it at the end of the, the end of the video as well. Just um, just for some credentials, and um, sixty eight thousand pounds in revenue. And the first thing after this man that who said this about me found out he was I've never seen anyone become this successful in dropshipping this quick. And why was that? The reason was because of my work ethic. I decided, you know what, I need to learn everything. I need to learn it quick because I had no leg to stand on. Yeah. It was either go broke and stay broke or it was just spend that last little £200 that you have left that you're probably going to use on Mr. Fry's in Manchester or get rich, die trying. So that's what I did. It's on the wall, right behind you. Get rich, die trying. So we made that 68k. Um, the profit margin was around, uh, sometimes it was about 10%, sometimes around 20%, sometimes about 30%. It was up and down. But I don't, do you know what the funniest thing is? When you start seeing that first sale, first 100 pounds, you're gassed. You start seeing the first 200, you're gassed. First thousand, you're gassed. Then when I was hitting 1,500 a day, 2,000 a day, I was like, numb. I was like, I was just numb. I was like, cool. I was like, I wonder how tomorrow's going to go. Oh no, I didn't hit 2K. God's sake. Why not? Oh, no. It's going to fail now. It's going to fail. But the next day, it'll be fine. I'm like, I, was just, I didn't really care about how much money I made. I was, it was really confusing. And um, the way it actually, the, the, the way it actually worked is you make the website and you put effort into the website and it's all about trust. You show them that the website is trustworthy. You put testimonials on that website. You put reviews on the website. And there's apps on Shopify that you can use to put these reviews, these fake reviews. They're, they're fake. They're not. They're not real. None of them. Are. I had. I had twenty three thousand reviews on one product, and they were like, "What? There's no way." People, customers were emailing me like saying, um, "How have you got twenty three thousand reviews?" I was literally getting these emails, yeah. but. That was just one percent of customers. Ninety nine percent of them were the ones buying. So that was um, it's a it's it's a, it's, a, it's a big sham. It's a big sham. And delving into you know how I actually scaled it to sixty eight k from like fifty pounds, a hundred pounds. The way it works is when you find a winning product, you know it's a winning product. It's yeah. it's weird. When something's in demand, it is in demand. People want it. People will pay. People will pay for it. And I used ads that were just very nice pictures. They were nothing crazy. There yeah. was nothing. There was nothing special. I didn't record videos. I didn't copy anyone's videos or anything. It was my store. And it was my idea. And I used picture ads, and people liked the look of the shoes. And then they realised, oh, they're orthopedic, and they bought them. Simple. And when this person found out that I've made this much money, and Mr. Self became millionaire. What do you think he did? Asked you for advice. What do you think? <laughs> Asked me for advice? No. Mr. Self became a millionaire, copied the store. No way. He copied the product. Mr. I'm your friend, I'll help you in any sense. Because there was a period of time where he wasn't replying to me for a whole month. Oh. A whole month. Boy. And then towards the end, when he actually found out I made that money, he found out through my supplier. The supplier that he gave me. The one that supplier that I thought he gave me because he was being nice. He didn't give me that supplier to be nice. He gave me that supplier so he could make a bit money off commission and to know what I'm selling. 
Because a supplier is his supplier at the end of the day. He's been with him for years. Yeah. That supplier's going to tell him what he's, what he's how much money I'm making and what my website is. So he took that and he decided to copy the store. And I was heartbroken. I was like, yo, what? And this is Mr. Self-Proclaimed Millionaire that I, I, I would think like, no, he'd never copy my product. There's no chance. And this is a big thing in dropshipping. You don't share your product. You do not ever share your product. As many people say, oh, there's enough space to go around. You don't know that, bro. Like, you don't know that. Facebook's a big place. Yeah, sure. But if you're selling a niche market, like, for example, orthopedic shoes, and then another competitor comes along, your friend, and he's also selling orthopedic shoes, he's marketing to the same people. And if that's the same product, it's going to have some sort of touch on you. It's going to mess you up a little bit in ways that you might not know. You might get less traffic to your website. You might get less sales. You might get more complaints because people might be like, okay, well, this company's selling it cheap. I'm going to buy off him. Do you know what I mean? Or people might just be like, do you know what? This is a scam. Two people selling the same shoes? No, I'm not even going to buy it. Which one's the real one? Which one's the real company? It confuses people. So when he stole it, I was heartbroken. I was like, yo, this is this is terrible. I was like, my first competitor in business. My first, like I was like, this is a, I was like, this was my friend. I was like, damn. I was like, I really respected this guy. One thing you'll learn quick in business. There's no friends. Yeah, no friends. No friends. There's no friends. Apart from you guys, man. Apart from you guys. <laughs> Apart from you guys. But um so yeah, um that happened, but at the end of the day. I decided, you know what? I was emotional about it because obviously it's my first store. It's my yeah. first taste of, first little taste of greatness because in the grand scheme of things, £68,000 is nothing. In the grand, in the grand big world, £68,000 is probably just enough for a 30% house deposit in Manchester, you know? And yeah. you still got to pay the £800 mortgage every month on that two bedroom, yeah. depending on what area you're buying, of course. But So, diving into how did I do it? How did I, how did I learn? How did I actually do it in terms of more detail? It came from one, making the website trustworthy. Two, ensuring there were good reviews on the website because that provides trust. trust. Number three, the ads themselves. The ads are the thing that invites people onto your website. Mm. Now, you take that label off of that Volvic bottle and you yeah. put it on a Facebook post, they're going to be like, okay, that's boring. It's what? It's just a picture of a water bottle. But when you put Volvic on it and now you've branded it, it becomes an advertisement. It yeah. becomes a brand. And that's the same way that the ads work. It's people will click on it because they're enticed. They're like, what is this? Like, this seems like something I want, something I need. Yeah. The ads need to be aimed at people for what they need, for yeah. what they want. Now, if you're selling something that someone wants, something that someone wants, then you should look into their concerns. What would they do on a daily basis? What do they need? And if what are their problems? Yeah. Think about it. If you're selling, for example, you're selling a wrist strap for the gym for someone, do you get wrist pain? Oh, yeah, I, I get wrist pain. Right. Okay, well... Do you need help with grip? Do you have grip problems? Yeah, I get grip, I get grip problems. Like, well, this is why do you, this is for you. It's a, it's sort of um, it shifts um, the customer's viewpoint from something that they want to buy to something so they that need, need to, to buy. Yeah. There you go. And I call it emotional emotional attraction. You're emotionally 
planting yourself into that person's brain. Yeah. And when you're doing that, they're more inclined to impulse buy. So what is dropshipping? Dropshipping is forcing, or it's not forcing, you can't force anyone, but attracting the average person to emotionally, impulsively buy your product on a website. That is essentially what it is, by using the advertisement. And the advertisement is basically the most important. The advertisement, I would say, is the most important. Obviously, it goes hand in hand. The website needs to be trustworthy. But the the real end game is the advertisement. There is a lot of things that that I've seen being sold. So this this guy, this man who um, you know backstabbed me, he sold suicide bracelets. He called them suicide bracelets because it was a bracelet made out of very terrible material. It was not not a very great bracelet, but some of the donations would go towards charity. Yeah, and you're using that advertisement on Facebook. So it, and he would donate some of that to charity. So he did give some of that to charity, but most most of it was profit. So it, I guess you can say it was somewhat unethical, but I guess that is what business is. And he tapped into people's emotional sense of, oh, suicide. Maybe you have a loved one that's committed suicide. Donate by purchasing this bracelet and some of the proceeds will go. And he racked up. I, I don't really know the numbers, but from what I've heard, it's over half a million pounds. Wow! In wow. sales, just because he tapped into someone's emotion, tapped into millions of people's minds by okay, um, donate, buy this bracelet, donate, and that's exactly how every business works. It's the biggest scam out there is business for products. Louis Vuitton is the biggest scam in the world. This man owns, I think, like forty, fifty brands. And he's the richest man in the world as of the moment, if it's not Elon Musk. They keep switching around. But the reason he's the richest man in the world is because he sold something that makes people feel. Make them feel. That's it. It's like how people talk about women. Women are very emotional beings and men are very logical and they like to just be, okay, I'm going to keep my emotions inside of me. The more you make a woman feel, the more you make a woman emotional, is the more she'll be attracted towards you, which is the same reason why women don't like very nice men. They like men that are rude, they like men that are, you know, bad people in the sense because they make them feel something. Yeah. And this is but what people don't realise is all human nature. It's not just women that are like this, it's men too. We like women that make us feel. Except we make them f- they make us feel in a different way. Yeah. They are nice, we're rude. So they're like, okay, we're like a man. So that's the same way advertisements work, the same way business works, same way relationships work, same way business works, same way advertisement works. It's it all ties into human psychology. It's it's a it's a very it's a very intricate thing when you think about it. But yeah. once you once you narrow it down like that, it becomes very simple to understand where you, it's just a game of tricking people's minds, yeah. making them think that they're getting something that they're not. Maybe you are giving the brands that work the best are the brands that actually give you what they're advertising. Like Nike do it quite a lot. You want a high quality shoe. You want something that will last years. Something that athletes wear. Yeah. Here you go. Here's a Nike shoe. It's 140 pounds, but it's here if you want it. And you'll buy it. And why will you buy it? Because it's a high quality shoe. It's branding. Yeah. It's athletes wear it. And that's, what is it? It's all, it's all a trick, isn't it? Yeah. But the reason they're so big is because they actually give you what they advertise. They don't just do what dropshipping does, like, oh, 
if that was drop if Nike was drop shipping, yeah, oh, we'll be finished. It ain't working. There's no chance. Did you know Jim um, Jim Shark started off in a similar way? Yeah. Even though he used to stitch with the clothes, um, another another brand called High Smile. Yeah. The purple toothpaste. If you ever seen it. Oh, I know High Smile. Yeah, that yeah, started of course. Yeah. Dropshipping brand. Another one. This one you guys might know. Sunucci. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sunucci. Now, the the way that Sunucci did it is very very smart. They clocked onto the trend of people like to see advertisements of mainly white men or mixed race men with an extreme amount of tattoos that look like they were in shape just walking or standing in an outside environment wearing the jewelry with nice lighting and this came i, I believe this came from the higher brands you yeah. know the like gucci and whatnot but they took advantage of this and they did it themselves and they their shipping times were back in the day 10 to 12 14 days that's how you know if something's a dropshipping company. It takes 10 to 12 days to arrive. So they did the same thing. And now look at them. They're, I don't even know what their figures are. Probably like 10, 20 million a year. Yeah. You know, they're, they're big now. They've got a clothing brand as yeah, well. Like Sunuchi Clothing. Like yeah. I've got a tracksuit from there. It's big now, bro. Yeah, like you can Andre buy that. Footballers as well. Yeah. 100%. Like you can buy that bracelet. You can buy that chain that you just bought off Sunuchi that you bought for 50 pounds. You can buy it for 25 if you just went on AliExpress. If you just want to wait two weeks. Two weeks, you get it for 30, 25, but you get it for half price. Yeah. Sometimes people will mark up five times what the products work, but the products worth like, for example, you know, these, you know, this camera gear that you have here, this microphone that you have here, you might be able to buy this sort of a similar quality one on AliExpress for 10 pounds, mm. but you might have bought this on Amazon, 70 pounds. Guess what? That person that's putting it on Amazon got it from the China guy. Not stop shipping for you. That's how it works. And it, it, I guess it saved me. It saved me in a way because I was like, I was like, there's no one, there's no one that's going to tell me you are going to be nothing. I was like, only I get to tell myself I get to be nothing. I was like, you don't get to say it to me yeah. because if you say it, I'm going to act upon it. That gives me fire. That gives me motivation. Yeah. And he said that he's like, uh, he's like, um, no, you're not going to be anything. And um, he said that quite recently again. He said it again because we had a bit of an argument because obviously I found out that he stole my product. And, you know, we had a bit of a back and forth. Yeah. And it was, um, he said it again. He sent me a picture of his Audi. And I was like, oh, chill, bro. Like, I made 70,000 pounds. Like, I don't know. <laughs> your, Audi ain't, your Audi ain't making me, making me sad at all. I was like, I know I can I can make a new store within a, within a week, within two weeks now. And I can rack up the same amount of sales that you make on a regular basis. And, um... That's the best part, but it's a skill. Once you've learned that skill, it stays with you. Yeah. And it's not a hard skill to learn. It's not a hard skill to learn. There are very there are thirteen year olds Doing in it. Discord servers that I'm in making fifty k a month. Seriously, it is insane. And I don't know about you guys, but my ego gets hit when I see someone it's younger just, than me, and I'm like, this I'm guy not, right here. Oh, oh boy, I get pissed. Yeah. <sighs> Not that, not that I'm pissed off at the the thirteen year old making the money. I'm pissed off at myself. Hundred percent. You get me, and I'm just like, yo, I've got to go to a shit job, and I've got yeah. to work, and then I've got to come and record the podcast, hoping that one day it will blow up, and then this yeah. guy's making fifty k a year, bro. Yeah. I mean, fifty k a month at thirteen, bro. Right time, right place. That's yeah. the best way to say. You just know he's he's just better than me at what he does. There you go. These these um, dropshippers they started four years ago. 
most of these people when COVID, like I said, COVID times, yeah. COVID times was the best time to start drop shipping. I feel like COVID was the best time to start everything. Everything. Yeah, because everyone that started in COVID is now succeeding from something. And it's crazy, man. It's so crazy. You probably had podcasts that started in COVID and now they're probably on millions. The Joe Rogan podcast blew up during COVID as well. There you go, man. Like, um, everything just blew up over COVID and I missed that opportunity, I guess. That's right. So you see all these lifestyle influencers now, yeah. you know, posting pictures of their Lambos, like, come try Forex, yeah. come try dropshipping, come try Amazon FBA. Yeah. Now, now we're going to delve into the dark side of dropshipping. Yeah. It's real. I'm not going to say that they, that they don't, they aren't driving these Lamborghinis, they aren't going on these holidays. They definitely are. But they're not as rich as you think they are. Oh, definitely. They're not as rich as you think they are. And I'll tell you why. The profit margins in dropshipping are very low. Yeah. Very low. We're talking sometimes 10%, 20%. But the, the revenue number that you see as a screenshot, that isn't the amount of money that they have in their bank account. Not at all. They may, they've been lucky to make 20% of that. If, they made a, if they've made 100K, they've maybe made, if they're lucky, they've made 20K. But they might have made 10K. And how much of that would they have spent if that was 100K from a year? You know, that's an average person's wage. You might as well have gotten a job, bro. Like, yeah. calm, you're working for yourself. That's fine. But what the, what will they do? They'll sell these courses and they'll show this lifestyle. They'll go on these holidays. They'll spend a bit of that money to take some pictures in some nice little villas. And that's where all the money comes in. That's where all the money comes in. It's from these courses. And here's, here's a secret. So th- this, uh, obviously, going back onto the Mr. Mystery Man, the, the man... The man who said I can't start business was the one who told me this secret. A lot of his friends, and I'm going to bait them out right here, right now on this podcast. No names. No, no names. names no names. No, no names. Yeah. No names. But bait them out as in what they do. And essentially what they do is they advertise on TikTok and Instagram their lifestyle. Yeah. And they will invite these people to join their Discord. They will give them lists and lists of products to test and these people that are joining the discord these are just normal joes like yeah. me and you and you know and they're like okay these guys are helping me they're giving me products to test and yeah. they'll test these products and then they will ask okay what's the product is it doing well how's your site doing yeah and then if it's doing well robbed the owners of the discord they'll rob take, it take the idea they're robbed that's another course you know they'll teach you and they'll rob you and they'll sell it themselves and that's why some of these people are so rich and um i don't know these people personally but i've met i've, I've met them a couple of times and i can i can be honest with you they're not very nice people yeah. they're not they're not very nice people you know the the key definition is um a very someone who's made money quick is never nice yeah. someone who's made money quick is never nice they're, they're always going to be a bad person. And these, and these, these, these people made money when they were young. I'm talking yeah. 20, 19, 21, 18. And hats off to them. They worked hard and they made that bread. Like, yeah. I'm not going to take that away from her. Well done. But in terms of who they are, they're very, people. very, very unethical. Yeah. Very Sharks, bad people. Boy. Yeah. Very bad people. And um, that's the that's the dark side of dropshipping that people don't tell you that you need to be careful of who you talk to. And um, you need to be careful of who you, who you go into business with yeah. because you will get robbed. And um, that's that's the scariest part about it because if you give that product to the wrong person, they will take it away from you and they might do a better job than you. And that's probably more painful than 
you know, the store just dying on its own. It's when someone you you know, someone close to you does that to you. And the one thing I would say is just be unemotional. Just be numb to it because it's going to happen. There will be competitors that will see your product on Facebook and they will copy it. But obviously, I'm just saying that it will obviously hit you more when it's someone closer to you, someone that you, you used to rely on for information or whatever. And in terms of getting into dropshipping and everything, if you know, if anyone listening wants to actually get into it, it's very, very simple. You go on Shopify, you create an account, you sign up for that plan for one pound for three months. It's, it's always on offer. I'm pretty sure it's still on offer now. Yeah. You find a product and everyone, this is the biggest question. How do I find a winning product? How do I find a winning product? How do you become a millionaire, bro? <laughs> like it's, you, just you know what I mean? Yeah. The way you find a winning product, there are methods to research for winning products, but there's not a method to find a one winning product. The method I use to find a potential winning product is you go on the Facebook ad library, you look into ads that competitors are running and that they've been running for one month. You use keyword searches that dropshippers use, such as 50% off, free shipping. These are keywords that dropshippers will use on their Facebook ads. And you search the ads and you put the date back one or two months. And when you yeah. put the date back one or two months, no one's going to run an advertisement for a one to two month period and not be profitable. Yeah. Like they're running those ads for one to two months because they're making money. You, if, you're, if you're spending hundred pounds a day or 20, 30 pounds a day on ads and you're not making money, you're gonna kill the ad in the first couple of days. You're not gonna keep it running for a whole month. Yeah. So that's why the Facebook ad library is a very important method of finding a winning, a potential winning product. Yeah. Because you're looking at competitors that have already got a website. You've already got an ad to base it off and you can already see how long they've been running it for. You're like, okay, this person's been selling this, this water bottle for one month now. Yeah. He's selling the water bottle for one month. Let me have a look at his website. His website's nice. Clearly he's an experienced dropshipper. His website's quite nice, meaning he knows what he's doing. So if he's running it for a month, it must be profitable. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna copy him. And this is how, that's just how business works. Competitors yeah. pop around you all the time. So that's what you do. You find the product now, you base the website around it. You add the reviews, you add the testimonials. You go and look at their ad and you think, very hard and you think how do i make my ads better than this guy's ads yeah. sure you can go for the same ads but you're marketing like i said you're marketing to the same people you need to make the them love you more yeah. than they love them and the way to do that is you add a new twist maybe you be more creative i don't know maybe you if it's a pet product maybe you have a cuter dog than he does yeah. Maybe if it's a girl's product, maybe you have a better looking girlfriend than he does. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So all these things tie into account when it comes to actually doing the advertisements. And then once that's done, you launch the ads and um, you wait and you see if the money rolls in. And if it doesn't roll in, unfortunately, yeah. next product, you skip. I don't wait longer than three to four days before skipping a product. Before, I try. Before you get a first sale. Yeah. If you don't it, get a sale in three, four days, you yeah. skip it Even if I do get one sale, but I've spent like, I don't know, let's say I've spent a hundred pounds in those three days and I get a sale and the sale's like 30 pounds and I've made a loss of 70 pounds. Like, just because worth that, carrying it's on? It's not worth carrying on. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you need to be profitable. It yeah. doesn't. You don't have to be profitable. We should be near. Because you should have some level of demand for it. You should have some yeah. level of demand because then you can think and you can sit there and you can be like, okay, well, maybe it's the price. Okay, yeah. or maybe it's the website. Or more importantly, 
maybe the ad isn't enticing enough. So why don't I try and make a better ad? Why don't I add something new? Try again. And then let's see, do you get more customers onto your site? Do you get more sales? You can tweak it a little bit, but you can't, that's that's the problem I had with my my winning store is you get emotionally attached. And when you get emotionally attached, you don't want to let it go because you just won. So if you get a sale, you're going to be so happy, but then you're going to be like, okay, I'm going to be a millionaire. But then you don't realize you're nowhere near. You're nowhere near. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if next day you get zero sales and the day after you get zero sales. Now you've just wasted what, hundred pounds? Yeah. And if you are someone that works a normal job, a hundred pounds is a lot of money. So that's why you got to be careful. You got to cut the product off after three to four days of testing it. I'd say that's the maximum amount of time is four days. Don't go over to a week because what are you doing? It's just extra. I mean, I say, yeah, like if you're spending for three, three or four days straight, take it off. But obviously, if you're not spending, then and you're just creating the ads, then that's cool. You can waste that time, I guess. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's everything. All right. Just before we wrap up, right. Would you say drop shipping is worth it? Hundred percent. I guess a better question to ask is: Do you think drop shipping is saturated? Yeah. Because that's the question I get asked all the time, and I see being asked in comments of TikTok videos and Instagram and everything. Everyone asks, "Should I start drop shipping?" It's the same way people ask, "Should I start forex?" The market for selling products is so big that it will never be defeated. Of course, you'll always have buyers and you'll sellers. always have buyers and yeah. sellers. You're never going to run out of things to sell. Sure, people may get sick of, you know, these Karens and these Joes on Facebook that are buying these. They might eventually get sick of buying these terrible products that are coming in from China, and they're faulty and they're not good, and or the product never arrived, and then they might stop buying eventually because they've caught on to the fact that these type buying off Facebook or buying off TikTok is not a good idea. Yeah. Maybe then it's a bad idea to continue dropshipping. But for now, it's everything's the, great. The trend. Everything's great. Everything's working. Everything's fine. Um, it's just finding that product. And the if I wish I could give a secret method of how to find that product, but the only method is the research method. There's no specific method of finding the winner. But once you do find that winner, that winner will pay... 10 maybe 100 fold everything that you've already spent yeah in the previous products that you've tested and then it will end up being worth it and no it's definitely not a scam it's not a sham it's it is very well and true and there are brands that have come from drop shipping so it's definitely worth it you can develop something into a brand but like i said that's what you could be, be careful of because <clears throat> when you get emotionally attached you might be like okay i'm going to turn this into a brand Brands have unlimited amount of money to spend on mm. ads. They don't care whether they win or lose. Nike don't care. JD don't care. These brands, these McDonald's don't care. They're not bothered. So you got to be very careful. You got to know the difference between can I brand this or is this just something that's useful for people to have because yeah. it's the trend or because you know it's just a useful product. So maybe you can just sell it for like a good year and then maybe people won't want it again. Yeah. Um, so definitely the answer to that question is yes 100% go for it perfect, try drop man. shipping perfect thank you very much man it means I've learned a lot that was today, a very man. informative I can't yeah, lie that yeah. was an informative episode bro drop shipping masterclass yeah, put on the display earlier today yeah man where can they find you social media so I'm not actually I'm not actually fully on socials um, coming soon coming soon 
yeah. coming soon. I like to I like to stay off to keep my focus. But yeah. um, if uh, if I do end up getting social media within the next day or two, I'll let I'll, me know. I'll let you know. We'll get it out there. Yeah, man. But anything you want to add below? Nah, man. Um, I think that was a uh, that was very informative. I can't. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah, so th- this episode, guys, is exclusively on Spotify, just yeah. to let you know. So make sure you follow the Spotify. You will have the clips as usual on the YouTube, etc. But yeah, it's been the Incompatibles, your boy Moad. Episode 42, we there. Thank you very much, Ali. Yep. See you guys Thank in the next Thank you for having me.